says we're good. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Evan and Aaron Show presents the Red and the Blue Stalker Chat. It's your boy Evan and your boy Aaron here on Wednesday night. Aaron, my uh, my room is a little more festive. You know, I, I decided to kind of, you know, hang up some jerseys to kind of represent the way we're going this summer. Um, how you been, man? You been okay? I'm doing all right. Hanging in there. Uh, trying to get used to it being uh, needing to measure the temperature in Kelvin outside. Um, it's It's been warm. It's been warm a little bit lately. Let me take these off. There's a... A bright glare coming in through the window there, and I needed to just kind of tone it down for a sec. But yeah, I'm doing all right, man. How you been? Uh, you know what? Uh, the same thing, man. I, you know, I've been uh, lucky enough to um, be able to kind of pontificate educationally at home. So I've been nice. saving on these gas prices, my man, and uh, you know doing that. But uh, you know, bummer. First world problem. Um, the pool that is literally steps away from my door is closed it's been closed for like a week now because they're doing some maintenance to it that sucks that really because now i have to go to the big pool where all the kids are mm, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah, yeah. so that's good. that's just not that's good. Not so any anyway i not know good, but I, I appreciate you getting out there busting up those stereotypes i like that, yeah. I like that. <laughs> I like that. uh ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for joining us today we have an interesting show for tonight it is actually our short show oh and we are not, we're not sponsored we're, we're not, not sponsored spon no we're not sponsored but oh my goodness but if you'd like to get at me oh oh that stuff is that stuff you could, is you the could, best stuff man you could pay me in that and i'd be quite happy oh yes absolutely the uh the the crimson line that's what we'll call it the mm. crimson line nice uh, so tonight man i think we're going to get into group f and yeah, we're getting group F. It's this is pretty much an all international type show here, talking about what uh, the U.S. men's national team has been up to. Where's my Where's my U.S. national team kind of? Right there. Nope, that is not it. We're we need an intern. We need an intern back. There it is. So, um, but yeah, uh, definitely. Um, I I think kick it off with uh, the most recent news. Uh, of the World Cup 2026 being hosted by the United States, Mexico, and Canada in no particular order. Uh, they awarded uh, the 16 game sites, uh, 11 U.S. cities, uh, three Mexican, and two Canadian. Um, some interesting choices, some obvious choices, some interesting snubs. Um when you read it, Evan, what what immediately jumped out at you as as far as interesting choices or non choices, if you will? Well, I mean, first Salud. of all, it, how how exciting is it to have the twenty twenty six World oh, Cup here? Oh. You know, on yeah. on yeah. the North American continent. I, I'm just I'm excited about that. I think it it gives opportunity for a lot of people to travel. Um, mm -hmm. It's the uh, gives us the opportunity to see. Um, you know, North America, if we, yeah. uh, if we so choose, um, I mean, there were some no brainers in this. Mm -hmm. you, you mm -hmm. Absolutely. For me, SoFi stadium is one of the, the most international venues, um, that we have alongside of hard rock stadium. 
so I think Miami and LA were natural choices. I think yeah. you have to go there. You've mm-hmm. got to go there. Um, I, I do think the Northeast needs to be um, in that mix. I, I'm not sure we needed three areas in the Northeast. Um, yeah. I'm yeah. not sure we needed that, Aaron. I, you know, I, I'm okay with New York. I'm okay with Boston. I'm okay with Philly. I'm just not okay with all three. And, yeah. and I think we talked about that. It's like, um, and I'll let you kind of get into that because you're the one that brought up um, that that fact about the Midwest, and, and I'll let you talk a little bit about that. Um, but but it was it just seems like overkill. It, it it just seems like overkill for me. And so, you know, okay, great, that's fine. Um, but Seattle, you got to have Seattle. Yeah. I mean, the Sounders, you know, they just. They, they they won the Concacaf, yeah, and so it's like you gotta you gotta give it to Seattle. Mm-hmm. Seattle has the best fans out there. Shout out to anybody who's watching us in, in Seattle. Um, you guys are the best. You know, Portland. You you guys are great too. That whole area up there, mm-hmm. super, super great soccer region. Um, you know, Atlanta, Mercedes Benz Stadium. I mean, that's so a, that's a beautiful stadium. That's beautiful gorgeous. stadium. Got to do that. Um, the last thing I'll say, and then like I said, I, I'm, I'm I, I want the listeners to hear what you had to say about the Midwest because you brought up so, so many good points. Um, the last thing I'll say is this, is that um, Houston, for me, I, I would have taken Houston over Dallas. I know Dallas Stadium, AT&T Stadium, is larger. Um, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm not on a... I'm not very friendly to billionaires right now. I don't know. And Jerry, <laughs> it's like, tough. Uh, it's kind of tough. I give you uh, that. It's like, oh my gosh! Ultimately, he owns the place, and he's going to get like <sighs> paid for, big time for this. But anyway, that's kind of my hot take. Um, you know, the few things I'll say about about Mexico, um, Guadalajara, Monterrey. Uh, if you have a chance, go. Um, yeah. Mexico City. This uh, Azteca. You gotta. I mean, I want to. I want to go see a match in the Azteca. You know, before I die, yeah. I'd like to go yeah. see that. You know, um, and then to uh, Canada, <laughs> Toronto, Vancouver, um, uh, wonderful cities, mm-hmm. international cities that that are there for right for the taking. So please, um, go and check those places out. But yeah. but Aaron, I wanted to give you the the time to to kind of talk a little bit about your feelings about um, the the selections in the U S and some of the things you saw in that, especially pertaining to the Midwest. Yeah. I mean, I, I echo a lot of your sentiments and I think when you look at sort of how, um, these cities have been arranged, there's clearly been a certain amount of attention to proximity, mm. um, paid here. Um, you know, you, you've got, uh, Vancouver and Seattle, pretty close to one another San Fran and LA in the grand scheme of things of the United States, not all that far from one another, Houston and Dallas, not all that far from one another, Mexico city, Guadalajara and Monterey. Again, in the, the, the scope of things, not all that far apart, Atlanta and Orlando or Atlanta and my Miami, uh, Philly, Boston and New York. And again, I'm not really mad at the selection of, of, of any of those stadiums. Um, and 
I think it was a, an interesting and bold and progressive choice to choose SoFi over the Rose Bowl. You know, the Rose Bowl's the classic. You know, it, it's been it's been basically the host of U.S. major events, Olympics, previous sure. you know the '94 World Cup. Sure. Um, but that stadium, SoFi, is fantastic. Um, but in the interest of of you know yeah. growing this game in the United States, mm -hmm. you know, we've seen a lot of games getting played in Cincinnati. Columbus, Nashville, Minneapolis. Um, you know, we, we've we've put some some newer, smaller markets that have embraced the game uh, front and center. So I think I'm I'm most disappointed um, that there weren't more Midwest options. Kansas right. City is a fantastic choice. It's a beautiful stadium. I have no issues with it, but but. You snubbed, you snubbed Nashville, Nashville. You, snubbed you snubbed Denver. Denver. The closest for us to go to is going to be to go to Philly. And I got no problem with Lincoln Financial Field. And I have no yeah. problem with, like you said, Philly, New York, Boston. Did we need all three? Mm -hmm. You know, and, and I get it. That's that, that region that everybody's used to. Um, but, you know, if, if you were that worried about proximity, why didn't you do Orlando, Miami? If you were that worried about proximity, why didn't yeah. you do um, a, a Kansas City, St. Louis? Yeah, kind of Jackson, thing. Orlando, um, Miami. I mean, you just, know, there there were some interesting yeah. options um, that weren't chosen. I'll say the Baltimore-Washington joint bid seemed doomed from the start, and you know, it, FIFA doesn't really release a whole lot as to why they didn't choose any particular cities or why they did choose. They basically just say, this is what we're doing, and, and you guys yeah. get to go with it. And they don't, you know, as far as I can tell, there's not a lot of here's the criteria they're specifically choosing on. Um, and, you know, obviously size doesn't matter all that much because BMO Field up in Toronto is only 45,000. Um, it's, right. it's by far the smallest stadium. Um, so concerns uh, about some other places, I don't know. I'm just a, as a Midwestern fan of the game and having seen how the Midwest region has really embraced it and has 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 been put on display by u.s soccer itself cincinnati yeah. and columbus have been hosting yeah. matches whether they're friendlies or whatever all over the place we've thrown minneapolis in there in the last couple of years as well i i just i'm disappointed in that respect but i'm excited um i want to share real quick because yeah. the, no, it's stuff like this that i, I think people don't don't always you know know about but here's the stadium. Well, here's the stadium in Monterey. And you'll notice that it slants down. Wow. So all the people over here get a slightly different view. And here's their view, Evan. <laughs> a mountain range in the background. This, this is where I want to go watch a World Cup match. And I don't care who's playing. I don't care if this is Belgium versus Morocco oh, in the first my. round. I don't <laughs> care. I want to see a soccer match in this stadium. So I have a friend who is a travel agent. Lisa, listen, if you stumble on this and you see, hey, be be great friends of the pod and uh, get us a nice little discount, mm -hmm. okay, to get old Monterey. Holy cow, dude. It's gorgeous, That's right? gorgeous. And, and you think about all of these places, and this is the beauty of the World Cup, is there was an opportunity for a country, or in this case, multiple countries, 
to really show off some places that maybe tourists wouldn't necessarily go to. Yes, we know of New York. We know of all these places, and people do go to them. But the opportunity to show them off all at once. You know, maybe Atlanta isn't top of some people's list. Atlanta is a, a hidden gem as far as I'm concerned. It's a beautiful city. It's got great Southern heritage. It's got great Black heritage. It's really got a lot to offer people to show American history when they might just end up at Times Square in New York City or they might end up, um, you know, at, at the market in San Francisco, which all of those places are great. Um, I'm, I'm super looking forward to it. And folks, we are going. Uh, so (laughs) if if you, if you want to hook up with the pod and, and meet us, we're going to say for you, here's the thing, Evan, this is, this is what I hope. Yeah. Four years from now, I hope that we are at the world cup and somebody goes, Hey, those are those two idiots from Indiana talking about soccer that aren't from Chelsea, that aren't from London or Manchester, and oh, have chosen these two goodness. teams. I want that for us, Evan. That is that is my goal. That is my goal. Are you going to say Shannon Sharp is going to be like, skip, skip. Evan and Aaron are the best show on TV right now. That came They're from the nothing, best. skip. That came from nothing, skip. <laughs> nothing. Man, that's awesome. That's what that I want awesome. for us. Well, you know what? I, I think that we can. I think we just keep plugging away and, and keep talking to the right folks. We can get it done, man. I, I, you know, I'm excited. I really am. I hope that, oh. the, I hope that families take this, and I'm saying families. Mm. Oh, families, yes. friends. You know, you look toward 2026 because here's the deal: is that, you know, most of us are not, you know, filthy rich. Most of us, most of us don't have disposable income where we can just be like, hey, I'm going to drop 10 G's and just have a good time. You know, so. What, what I'm doing, and this is, you know, the the, the blue yeah. saving plan, I, you know, I'm just, I'm literally socking stuff away, like saying, okay, I know in 2026, yeah. which, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, um, on Saturday begins the final year that I can say that I'm in my 40s. <laughs> I don't know how I'm feeling about that, Aaron, but anyway. It's, it's, it's going to be around my birthday. And so I'm like, you know what? Why not make the whole experience? Yes. Like, you know, part of my birthday celebration. Like, you know, mm-hmm. pick, pick a time where I can just be like, hey, you know what, Aaron? Let's, let's go. You know, and whoever would like to go with us can go. And we literally just see what, what this continent has. I'm, I'm absolutely with you. And in, in I think the beauty of it is, the expanse of North America will be mind blowing to a lot of people. I went to Germany in 2006 and it is a massive, massive country. And yet it barely takes up the center of this, this nation. Yeah. And there was so much to see and do. So I'm excited for people from Japan to end up in Kansas city and go to Joe's barbecue. I'm excited for people from Costa Rica to end up in Philly and get a cheesesteak. I'm excited for people to end up, you know, in Seattle and go to the, the, the Pike's place market, I think is what's called and watch people tossing fish. I I want this go to LA and go to Wahoo's fish tacos, baby. I want this. I want this for people. I want people to go to San Francisco and, and, you know, like, I, I got to go to South Africa and, and go to Cape Town, but while I was there, we went out to Stellenbosch to their wine country. I want people to go to San oh, Francisco, goodness. go to that Santa Clara game, go go to the 49er Stadium, whatever it's called, yeah. but then 
go drive north and drink some of the best wine in the world. And yes, French folks, that is some of the best (laughs) wine in the world. And I've been to both. And I'll, I'll... I'll put them right up next to each okay. other. It's good, but I'm ex- I'm I'm with you, Evan. I'm just super excited. It's it's wonderful that we're hosting it, and you know, there's a lot of negative things to say about Qatar, but I'm still looking forward to it as well. Um, and uh, it, it's just exciting. It's it's really exciting to have this um, happen. And Didn't you say that the podcast budget is going to pay for us to go to Qatar. <laughs> That's that's the goal. Once that's, we monetize the site, <laughs> wow! Boy, Whenever we can start charging for episodes <laughs> or get some sort of uh, <laughs> sponsorship, that might work. In the in in the meantime, we need crimson crimson whatever crimson sash. Crimson sash, ladies and gentlemen, we have reached the halftime. Is it halftime? Yeah, yes. Yeah, this this is a short show, folks. Yeah. This is a um, short show. We've reached a halftime, and my halftime shot is going to, uh, you know, we just celebrated Father's Day. Mm. Just celebrated Father's Day. And um, got um, word just recently that um, the old man is kind of not feeling well. And, uh, you know, just uh, been been off his feet for a couple of days. And hopefully... That's um, what you get for hating on soccer. I, you know that... I, <laughs> I would embrace the beautiful game. I think you might feel a little bit better about life. I wasn't going to say it. I wasn't going to say it. But you know, I'm going to give. I'm going to give this. I'm going to give this shout out to uh, Bill Casey, Um, Dad. uh, You know, obviously you're by default a pseudo friend of the pod because of some of your comments that you make. But we still love you, and um, hope that you are able to uh, um, recover soon, bud. All right, and just for you, I'm using my Las Vegas shot glass right there. You know, I uh, all I've got to add to that is I thought it was um, fitting for this country and where it's been in the last couple of years, mm. and uh, and to also honor you and your father that Juneteenth yeah. uh, fell on uh, this Father's Day weekend, and it gave us a lot, lot to think about and remember and celebrate. So, uh, Bill Casey, proud father, proud black father, I salute you as well. Slinky. All righty. So, continuing with, I mean, this is basically an international theme. Uh, Since the last time we got together, United States men's national team played Mm -hmm. uh, two more games. They were both in the CONCACAF Nations League, for whatever that is worth. Uh, one match was at home to Grenada, and it was pretty much what you expected. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll dive into that here in a second. But you say expected, but then if they'd only won two to nothing, and it was only, I think, 1-0 going into halftime, there was frustrations, I believe. Yeah. Uh, but ultimately got the result needed and then uh, went down to El Salvador and played on a just criminal pitch. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't have allowed this in my Sunday rec league. Um, never mind what's supposed to be two full international squads playing against each other in a competition that's supposed to matter. Um, Really, really disgraceful in a lot of ways, and that's probably the only way. Although, to be fair, the goal El Salvador scored was sick. That guy took the... It was was the one chance in his entire Mm -hmm. life that everything came together, and, and he rose to that moment, so I applaud him. 
Um, but I applaud the United States for showing um, some some pluck. Some and look, it was all U.S. in the second half. They were yeah. banging on that door, and it was difficult conditions. And they found the goal. And I don't think Jordy's going to make it, but Jordy's a great story in the fact that he's still hanging around the national team. I think says a lot about the mentality that's needed. They, you can talk about it all you want, but they got they got the result that was needed. You were never going to go down there and win five to nothing again in some sloppy soup no. like that. No, 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 no. Um, no. So I, I was pleased. I'd like to think we've come away from these four matches and heading into um, what's happening in the fall. They've scheduled uh, two two games, one with Japan, one with Iran. So two World Cup teams uh, in prepping for the World Cup. So I think we're in a good place. I like what I've seen on the field. I still have concerns about our number nine. But other than that, I think we're largely solid, and I won't be, you know, there's a couple guys at a few positions that there's still question marks over who's the starting goalkeeper. But I got to be honest, I think they're all solid choices, and I won't be terribly upset. This isn't a, oh, it's obvious Tim Howard is the best, or it's obvious Brad Guzan's the only one here. These are three guys that kind of are all having the same moment. You know, they've they've reached top clubs, but they're not starting for those top clubs. Mm -hmm. But... I won't be terribly upset, and I think you choose the guy that's on form, and Burhalter seems to be figuring out what he wants. So, Evan, did anything catch your eye, or do you have any concerns as we move toward, you know, thinking about the fall fixtures and then getting ready for the World Cup? Well, I mean, you know, Ariola getting a red card kind of sucks. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, does he have to sit out? Since he'll sit. A, he'll friendly, sit. right? No, no, because they turned it into this CONCACAF you know, oh, yeah, yeah, competition yeah, kind of competitive yeah. friendlies said <laughs> officer contradiction. Oh my gosh. Um, that is going to be like your shtick. That's it is, it's just, it's just <laughs> silly. You know, I, I understand the premise behind it, yeah. but yes. it, it look at what was going, look what they're doing in Europe where it's tiered. Okay. Sure. So, sure. so you've got similar teams grouped together and here we are playing Grenada. Yeah. Like, yeah. Who does that benefit? It doesn't benefit Grenada to get blown out five nothing, and quite frankly, it doesn't do it. Doesn't tell us anything about Jesus Ferreira. Not for nothing, guys. I, I and if I was twenty two years old again, I could probably score three goals against <laughs> Grenada. Oh man! Well, where I was going with this? If we had <laughs> listeners, I'd be catching shit right now. <laughs> I know you would be. And where I'm going with this? You just set it up. I I totally have to disagree dude this is really? why you play the game this is why that you you get on the pitch is because mm, at any mm. given time at any given time i mean you saw what grenada did the first 42 minutes and a lot of people are like oh my gosh the u.s is falling apart but, but no we'll go back and watch the match grenada i won't, I, won't. Played, I know you won't i know but they play actually you know me i'll put it on in the background sometime and be like you know <laughs> you what this is some bullshit he's right this is, this is right. <laughs> prove me wrong no but they were playing good oh, enough to oh keep the, keep ask the mrs game. evan and aaron show and she'll be like this dumbass puts on games from like the 2002 world cup just to be like do you remember when landon donovan scored a goal off the guy's back against portugal or whoever and i'll be like yeah i know it was like the 15th minute and it was crazy oh, and she'll be like you're an God. idiot <laughs> I'm a savant, is what I am. I'm a soccer savant. Hey, there you go. There you go. You, there you go. Um, <laughs> but I will say this: a hat trick against any team in international play, whether it be a competitive friendly or not, 
in my opinion, shows 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 something, right? Because depending on the level of play, the pl- depending on what you're trying to prove and what you're trying to do, um, Ferreira needed that match. He needed that match. I he mean, did. I think games prior to that match, a couple games prior to that match, he didn't really put himself out as the forerunner for you know his position. I think that match right there shows what he can do and shows what he should do against a lesser opponent. I think that I think the U.S. were able to showcase a lot of things. I think that one of the unsung heroes, well, not unsung heroes of that match, um, was Paul or Paul Ariola. Um, I mean, and Kellen Acosta. Um, they played wonderfully. Um, no, not Acosta. Um, sorry. Um, uh, oh my God, Wes McKinney. Um, they played great, and and I'm and I'm glad to see that. Now, mm. here's what I'm worried about, though. <sighs> I'm not worried, but I have a feeling that Aaron Horvath could possibly not be the starting goalkeeper for the Ethan States. Ethan Horvath. Ethan. Ethan. Um, I, I don't think he, I don't think he, he has a, he has a lot of ground to make up. He has a lot of ground to make up because in, in my opinion, Sean Johnson played an incredible match. Um, he played an incredible match against Grenada and I know level play. I get it. I get it. But the saves that that guy made in that match, just the sheer athleticism of them. Um, I, I like how he's playing right now. I like, you know, the way that he's moving, uh, the decisions he's making on the ball. Um, I I think it's going to, you know, Horvath, he, he, he can't sit back. Like he can't sit back. And the goal that they scored against Horvath, I, I know that everything, you know, all the stars aligned. I, I, I don't know, man. I, I, I think Sean Johnson's on the outside looking in. Okay. Uh, no, I thought he played fine. But right now, the the decision is between Zach Steffen, Ethan Horvath, and Matt Turner. Yeah. And who do you think out of those? I, I think. I'm sorry, Matt Turner. Turner. Matt Turner. Uh, I mean, he, he seems to – first off, all three of them are solid. Mm-hmm. I, I don't really have an issue. None of them are Tim Howard's or, you know – uh, Brad Friedel's, but they're they're pretty good goalkeepers. I but think I think of the three of them. You don't take uh, no. Uh, I I mean I, I I don't discount him. I don't have a problem. But you've got three guys who are backup goalkeepers for clubs in Europe, and Matt Turner is going to Arsenal. Yeah, he's going to get FA Cup games. He's going to get low level whatever Europa League games, whatever Arsenal qualified for. Sorry, Arsenal fans. Uh, Yeah, I got it. United didn't either, but still, fuck off. Um, But I think think Matt Turner's the on-form goalkeeper at this moment, and he seems to have the maturity level that the other two don't. I like Ethan. I like Zach. They just don't seem to... 
I, I think Matt Turner could find himself being a Tim Howard. I could, I think he'll end up being a starting goalkeeper for a decent level club. Zach okay. Steffen and Ethan Horvath. I mean, they've, they've been stuck behind guys and they've not claimed their place. And I'm not saying Matt Turner is going to become Arsenal's starting goalkeeper. Aaron Ramsdale's oh, played no, his no, ass no, off, no, right. but Matt Turner might get some opportunities and then end up as Fulham's goalkeeper or some shit like that. Right. Mm -hmm. Sure. I'm not concerned about the goalkeeper position. I think you choose the guy that's on form and you go to your starting back four and go, who are you most comfortable with? Cause, cause that's, what's important. Who's, who's talking to you. Who's giving you the information that you need. Who do you feel confident standing in front of that goes a long way. Um, I'm, we don't, we don't have a real number nine. I don't think, no, you're right I don't think the that. game against Grenada really showed me enough about Jesus Ferreira. And if, if right. pressed right now, I think Tim Weah should be moved over from the wing to play there. And we've got plenty of attacking wingers. We, we're, we're solid there. We can play Brendan Aronson, right? We can, we, can, we can push Musa out there if we want to. We can do a lot of different things and, and be okay. I'm not worried about that all that much. I'm, I'm excited to play Japan and Iran. I think that's really, really going to be interesting. I think we don't show our hand. I think Berhalter should go into those matches looking to experiment with an already decided team. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. I, I know my starting 11. Now I'm going to tweak it just a little bit. I'm going to throw a curveball at Japan. I'm not going to, I'm not going to show everybody in the world our starting 11. No, 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 not at all. Not at all. I think my thing with Ethan Horvath is this. I, I think that. When Nottingham Forest, you know, when, when when they're when they're playing, you know, Sheffield, when they're playing Sheffield, and they're playing for, you know, a, a cup for crying out loud, when when you as a goalkeeper, as their quote unquote number one goalkeeper, don't even start, like you don't start those two games. For for me, that says something. For mm -hmm. me, that's something. It says you know what. And it might just be a blip. It might just be that he was off his game for a little while. But he, I'm not sure his confidence is there yet. No. I'm not, no, I'm and, not sure and, his confidence is there yet, man. And I think that that move right there, I, I think that, that, like I said, it speaks volumes, at least to me. It mm -hmm. speaks volumes as about, you know, about the the trust, about the, um, you know, the ability that, that Nottingham thinks that he has. And if he can't start such an important two matches against Sheffield, mm -hmm. then how's he going to start for the U.S. national team? That's my thing. Agreed. I'm, Absolutely agreed. Know? No, no, no. I, I think we're on the same page here. And, and again, I think um, we've got just around, just under five months till the opening day of the World Cup for – you know, some of these decisions we made, all three of these guys are going to get some decent minutes in cup competitions and, and maybe force their way into some starting lineups early in the season while they're trying to figure out, right. And, you know, the, the Turner's at, at Arsenal, but Horbath and Zach Steffen are at clubs that can afford to give them different opportunities. Right. Sure. So sure. if between now and September, October, Maybe they do grab it. Maybe they do say, look, I, you know, I'm going to have some good performances and put themselves in the mix. 
But if you were asking me to pick my number one today, it's Matt Turner. Absolutely. And listen, if by some weird chance, Ethan, you hear this podcast, please use this and <laughs> use this as motivation. It'd be like, yeah, I told you suckers. You know, um, I mean, we're pulling. Yeah, not for hating. I, mean, I, I, I like all three of them. I like all yeah, four. I'm, Sean Johnson's nice. Yeah. Yes, yes, Sean Johnson. I'm telling you, he right now for me, he's probably my number two. Mm. He's probably my number two keeper. Um, like I said, I was I was impressed by his athleticism. But go. I'm sorry. Go ahead. What were you going to say? No, no, no. I, I I thought he had a fine game. I I question that he has enough experience okay. to be a number one for the national team at a World Cup just yet. But right, if he ends right. up being the second or third choice goalkeeper and he goes and he has that experience, people don't realize how much just being a part of these groups matters for your development and your evolution as a player. And you might never get a minute in a World Cup, but the fact that you were in the camp, the fact that you were in there with those yeah. guys, the fact yes. that you were there supporting your number one goalkeeper and going, hey, man, I'm not there yet. And I don't, you know, I want your spot. I'm pushing you. And then you get your chance four years from now. Sean Johnson's young. These guys are still young. Yeah. They're goalkeepers. They got plenty of time to develop into some top-level players. Tim Howard was a bit of a late bloomer. Sure, sure. So I, I mean, I don't know if you have a chance, and, and we can move on to uh, to group group F, but real quick, at the, I don't know if you had a chance to like watch any of the YouTube videos that the U.S. men's national team are putting out beyond mm. the badge. Um, it's, they are really good. And I'm yeah, telling you yeah. behind the scenes, mm -hmm. these guys are connecting. Yeah. They are connecting in a way that's massive that, that you, that you want your team to mm -hmm. connect. You know, they're, 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 they're laughing, they're playing, they're, they're, they're having a good time playing freaking soccer. Yeah. To and totally that, agree. That's uh, huge. That's having, huge. having a, 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 a group mentality and, you know, it, sometimes relationships and a, a willingness to work for mm -hmm. one another trumps a certain amount of maybe talent or, or, or something else because sometimes you need a guy to dig deep. You don't need, you don't need a guy yeah. who can do three step overs. You need a guy who in the 91st minute says, shit, it's not my job to get back right now, but I'm going to get back and chase that ball and make sure it doesn't cross that goal line. You yeah. need guys who are really down for the cause, and it's hard to do, to be down for the cause if people aren't on the same page. And hearing that these guys are developing these relationships, and you you saw it. You saw Christian Pulisic hand the ball to Haji Wright and say, take this penalty kick, because they yeah. came through together. Pulisic yeah. wants Haji Wright to be successful. you got to love that. you got to love these guys going, you know what? If you succeed, we all succeed. Absolutely. Absolutely. And last thing I'll say about it is do not, do not forget, ladies and gentlemen, to watch this winter, Eunice Musa. Oh. Um, Musa oh. is, I, 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 I'm telling you. I get chills, man. The guy is fire. I mean, he, he has some downsides. He's indecisive at times, but the guy has all the skills. He's got all the skills that will make him maybe one of the better midfielders um, at the World Cup this year. 
I'm saying. I, I totally agree with you, and I'll take it a step further. Eunice Musa, Tyler Adams, and Weston McKinney oh. would be a great package deal for just about any top-level club in the world. Weston McKinney's been proven mm. at, at Juventus, and he's yep. been linked with a lot of other top-level clubs. Tyler Adams has been with Red Bull and is all is being linked with top-level clubs. Eunice Musa is at Valencia already a top-level club. These are three solid on the cusp of being world-class players. You got to yes. give them time to develop. You got to give them game time. But I'm telling you, individually they're excellent, and together as a midfield three, tell you, talk to me in two years, I might want these guys at United. He's I I he's I, I not I, even twenty years old yet. Dude. I already I already want Weston McKinney. Oh, and I wouldn't I I wouldn't I wouldn't turn down Tyler Adams. Oh my goodness, man! I'm telling you, we are set. We are set to move to our world cup kind of analysis of uh the next group in our uh, lineage i guess you could say group f and group i f. will lay out group f for us and then i want you to just run for it my friend um maybe i will yep here it is okay group f belgium canada or canada morocco and croatia what are your thoughts, my friend? What are your thoughts? Dude, my thoughts are all over the place right now because of all of these groups. Every one of these teams has had good wins and bad losses yes. within the last couple of months. Yes. And Belgium, Monday. nominally favorites. And this, this is a, a generation much like Portugal in 2006 and England at damn near every World Cup for the last 20 years. But you look at them and you're like, this is a generation that they've, they've not quite gotten the accolades and the, the trophies to go with it that maybe they should. There's immense talent for Belgium, but it is aging. There are question marks about the squad and yeah. They've gone deep into the last few tournaments and just not quite gotten over the hump. Canada, wow. I mean, obviously the best team in the CONCACAF region as far as World Cup qualifying goes, but they've been exposed a little bit recently. And I think the lack of, I think Alfonso Davies is amazing and he is a world-class player. Unfortunately for them, he's a left back. And I don't know that he's enough to be a game changer for them. I've, I've watched them and I think they're a very, very good club. Whereas Morocco, I don't know if Morocco's is as good a team as Canada is, but Morocco's got Mo Salah and you got and this guy winning. wandering around who could win a game at any moment. Yep. Then you got Croatia who they're old as old AF but Luka Modric is proven that he's ageless, that he's setting up goals, he's doing crazy stuff. So, I mean, just to throw it out there. I mean, right. No, I, I there, there's talent there, and they're, they're bringing enough people in around it. I'm, I'm going to kind of punt here and go with the obvious choices and say that Belgium wins the group and Croatia finishes second. But I wouldn't be surprised at anything in this group. I'm not going to call it the group of death because I don't think they're all so strong 
No, I, I think, think I think the problem is they're also questionable. Yes. I, I yes. just I don't have one hundred percent confidence in any of these teams. And I look at some of these other groups and I'm like, you know what? France is gonna get their shit together. Yeah. There's, <laughs> yes. there's too much talent there. They're they're going through. But I look at this group and I'm like, I could see Belgium falling apart. I could see Canada having a great tournament. I could see Morocco going Mo Salah. I could see Croatia just being like, Yeah, we're too fucking old, we can't do this. Or vice versa, and just Belgium and Croatia going, we're so much better than you. I don't know, uh, but I'm going with those two because it's those are those are the bets. Wow. Well, man, I tell you, I'm I'm on the same page with Belgium. I think Belgium figures a way. They figure out a way mm -hmm. to to not screw this group up for themselves. Okay. Um, you know, I. I when you when you look at them, excuse me. When you look at them and you look at the players, right? Eden Hazard is like five hundred sixty four years old, but the guy is awesome. You've got Kevin De Bruyne, you've got Romelu Lukaku, um, you know, Courtois is your goalkeeper. I mean, you're you're coming in, you know, both the Hazard boys, right? Or Hazard, mm -hmm. you know, they, again, they, again, again. Isn't that just? I love his name. Anyway, um, I, I think they figure it out. I think they figure out a way mm -hmm. to to come together and to be like, you know what? Look, we are in this group, in my opinion, we are the superior team. We have the most talent collectively. Um, I, so I so I'm good there with Belgium. I am going for a little bit of an upset. Um. I'm going to say Morocco figures out a way mm. to get through. Right. Um, and my Moroccan player, dark horse player, um, is going to be Hakim Ziyech. Um, for what he did with Chelsea this year, uh, you know, in his flashes of brilliance, I think that when he suits up for Morocco, um, and they're out there on the pitch, and they're able to get some stuff done, man. Um, I, I think that they figure out a way, and they cause enough problems um, that they figure out a way to get through. Um, I'm with you as far as Canada is concerned. Yes, they are the champions of Con CONCACAF. Congrats. Um, I think they peaked a little early. Hmm. I uh, And I'm a big believer in in the momentum, man, big mm, mo. Mm -hmm, I mm. believe you think that hey, you know what? You get used to playing teams, and they had our number and Mexico's number this year. Um, but I think it's a different ball game when you get in yes. to international yeah. play, and I think Canada will, will will see that. I think they'll valiantly fight. I think that Croatia, Modric, those guys, I I, I love them. I I love to see them play. Um, I just don't know if they have the legs to keep up with the rest right. of the group. So I'm going Belgium, Morocco in that order. Belgium so first, Morocco let's, second. Let's see where we are here. I went Belgium, Croatia. You went Belgium, Morocco. So we were... All right, Neither we differ here. Canada. England, USA. Are we, are we salty? Are we salty towards Canada? <laughs> no, I wish them well. I just, I, yeah. I, I, I think, um, 
it really, really takes some time and experience yeah. to build up the understanding of what it takes to play at these tournaments. Yeah. Um, you you need you need guys who've played at a high level yeah. in the, in these moments to really understand what it takes. And don't get me wrong, anybody can have a run and all that jazz. But if you're really trying to analyze it and break it down, Canada just doesn't have enough guys at that level. You know, Alfonso Davies, uh, what Junior Hoylet. Beyond that, you can't really talk about a lot of guys that even have high-level club experience. Sure. Um, so what Alfonso Davies brings to the table is massive. But he's a really, really big fish in a pond that's trying to get itself a little bit bigger, and they're just not quite there yet. Yeah, I, I I wish him well. I I, I have really right. really from a neutrals perspective, you know, which is difficult. We are competing against them, but I want right. Canada to do well. I I want the whole region to yeah. be stronger. Exactly. I don't. I I think Canada got on a good run for qualifying. I fear what might run into them at the World Cup. Yeah, I'm with you on that. So. And so. You know, with that, ladies and gentlemen, that is our run through of Group F of the 2022 World Cup. And so, ladies and gentlemen, with that, um, it is my pleasure. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait, wait, wait. We got to let it hit first. I let it hit. That's Here it comes. What, what ladies and gentlemen, it's the Hey Aaron segment. Yes, right. Feel that, don't you? You feel that. That slaps. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, if you are new to the show, which you know, unless you are one of our tens of listeners, uh, <laughs> this is the this time. This is going to get show. tens of views. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. This is the time in the show where it is uh, my turn to kind of ask Aaron. Um, some questions or show him a video and kind of just get his, uh, I'm going to use the word again, pontification. Put that degree in philosophy to work. <laughs> <laughs> so here's what we're going to do tonight. Tonight, um, I'm, I'm feeling kind of the, uh, the Premier League blues, my friend. Um, you know, just uh, missing the old footy footy, uh, missing us um, hanging out, talking about uh, the blues and the reds. So I feel it. I want to talk reds tonight, my friend. I want to All talk right. Reds. Okay. So you don't mean communists, do you? Uh, you know, everybody gives communists a bad rap, but hey, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. None more whatever so than communists. What? <laughs> whatever works for the people. There you go. There you go. Um, no, I want to get your opinion. During the modern day Premier League era, which started mm. in. 1992, I believe. Yes. 92. The top three Manchester United players during that mm. era, up until now. In your now, opinion. because because I'm this guy, I gotta ask questions for clarification. Okay. I need I need parameters. So, um, best players, important players, valuable players. Ooh. Okay, here I've got an answer for that. Best all around players. Okay. Best all around players. Manchester United has seen 
from 1992 until now. The funny thing is my answer doesn't change a whole lot uh, based on any of those responses. Um, But I want to give them in no particular order uh, because I think you could really, really wait um, all three of these guys in in ways that I, I would have no problem agreeing with. If, sure. if you said this, you know, I want to weight this importantly, I would say, yeah, no problem. But I think all three of them have their place. Okay. Um, and you're going one at a time and talking about each one, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay, cool. cool. The first is Eric Cantona. Um, United got him in the early to mid-90s. It was kind of controversial. It was strange. But he was absolutely mercurial and a talisman and had wonderful control of of the ball if not himself at times as evidenced by kung fu kicking a crystal palace fan um but he was the catalyst and the the beacon around which the veteran players that existed at the time but also the class of 92 rallied around and and really became that first dominant force for Manchester United and the Premier League. I don't know if United would be the club they are today. And yes, we can talk about how that we're maybe at the downward trajectory, historically speaking, but they're still one of the massive clubs in the world. Now, I don't know that you'd be talking about Manchester United like that had Eric Cantona not come to Manchester United and not been the inspirational player that he was. So definitely uh, Eric Cantona is on that list. Secondly, when it comes to just the best all-around players of not just the Premier League era, and not for Manchester United, but of all time, Mm -hmm. Wayne Rooney is one of the most complete players and competitors you'll ever see in your entire life. And, you know, it, it's strange. I, I think he maybe does not get the accolades because he was hyped so much so early. You know, the songs about him being the white Pele and he should have been the, the, the missing piece of the puzzle to get England a 2004 Euro or a 2006 World Cup or a 2010 World Cup. Um, but when you look at what he's done as a United player, as an England player, caps, goals, mm. you, 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 could, you could show footage of Wayne Rooney in black and white, and your grandpa would be like, they don't build him like that anymore. Yeah, they do. His name's Wayne Rooney, and he's part of this generation, and he is absolutely the kind of player that you want on your team. You want to play with a guy who will absolutely give his every last... Look how young he is right there. Yeah, I know, man. And he will give his every last breath to your cause. And he'll do it with street style and and guile and nous and just an innate understanding of this game in a way that you just... it. He had flash for sure because his, his it was a street game. But his fundamental skills and abilities, left foot, right foot, header, built like a bulldog. 
I mean, yeah. Bill, just short, squatty kind of dude, but he'd gnaw your hand off if you were holding him. He'd punch you in the throat to get free, and then yep. he'd drill it in the back of the net with absolute precision. Just mm. one of the Ball. most complete players I've ever seen in my entire life, and I hope he goes on. He, he said it himself. He's He wants to be the manager of Manchester United, and he knows oh, he has yeah. to learn at this lower level with these clubs and he's doing it with Derby County and overcoming all sorts of administrative issues and watching him as a player, I wouldn't put it past him that this man will go on and be Manchester United manager in the next decade. So let me stop you Mm -hmm. from sharing the, like, have you gone from three to two to one? No, the next ones are no, in no particular order, no particular order. I I think I'm doing it more historically. Cantona came first. Rooney came second. Okay. And then what I'm going to do is just do this because, oh my God, look at this lineup right here. I mean, you can have your choice, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but if it's not, if he's not on here, that's fine. But, but who, who is your third pick? And, and, and this is weird because it's rare that, um, you know, players have a time at a club, leave and come back and then experience anything remotely like what they were doing before. Um, but the first iteration of Cristiano Ronaldo at Manchester United was an evolution in not just Manchester United or the Premier League. It's the game. Cristiano Ronaldo has changed the game. And... I'm not going to get into a Messi-Ronaldo debate because I would say Messi has changed the game as well. But this is a conversation about Manchester United players. And if you look at what he was when he arrived at Manchester United, how he carried himself, and the player he turned himself into while at Manchester United, and then think about what he's been ever since. And it's just been a constant upward trajectory. Oh yeah. Uh, the the he's he's invented moves. He has influenced a generation of players. He has changed what you think can be done as a 37, 38 year old professional athlete. He's still dominating people in in he came to Manchester United as what you would consider a true out and out winger and has converted himself and, and was great at it for years and has since converted himself into perhaps the deadliest striker the game has ever seen. Yep. And if you had one kick of the ball left in a game and a, anyone in the history of the game to choose from, I think an awful lot of people are choosing Cristiano Ronaldo to take that last touch because he's ruthless. My comparison has always been that he is Kobe Bryant. Oh, yeah. A player who came along generationally who said, "I'm, I'm not just good, I'm great, and I consciously want to try to be the best player that's ever played this game, and I will do whatever it fucking takes to beat yep. you, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And in a lot of ways, you'd be hard-pressed to argue against either of those people. Kobe belongs in the conversation. Cristiano Ronaldo belongs in the conversation. I'll leave it to 
Twitter fanboys to go back and forth as to, oh, he takes too many penalties or this or that, whatever. I don't care. Cristiano Ronaldo is one of the most influential players in Premier League history and certainly Manchester United history. And I tell you, I'd play goalie in a forest side with Eric Cantona, Cristiano Ronaldo, and Wayne Rooney any day of the week. (laughs) And ladies and gentlemen, that is the Hey Aaron segment for this week. And also that brings us to the end of the Red and the Blue Soccer Chat. But the beautiful part of this is is that we get to hear the final words. We get to hear the final words from my my good friend Aaron. He sends us off uh, with some words of wisdom. So, my brother, what have you got for us this week? It has been a pleasure once again getting together with you. And, um, man, what you got for us? Here's what I got going back to, uh, you know, some things we touched on earlier. You know, over the weekend, it was, uh, it was Father's Day. It was Juneteenth an opportunity to think about the things that are important the values that are important in this country and how sometimes uh they conflict they contradict one another and i think we've seen you know it's it's uh it's pride it's juneteenth it's father's day this is an opportunity to think about ways to embrace one another even when you may not recognize certain shared values you've got them um, a, a, a good, a good father means an awful lot of different things to, to different people, but you know it when you, when you have one and I tell you what, more importantly, you know, it when you don't have one mm. and mm. Juneteenth is an opportunity to remember that there was a promise made to this country that for a long time was not lived up to, wasn't even tried to be lived up to. And it was some random military man who said that we're finally going to honor this we're gonna we're gonna find these people in texas who don't know that this shit's been over for a while we're gonna honor this legacy we're gonna look at pride month and say hey we say everybody's created equal well you know it, it it's a great time to celebrate but remember it took these people throwing a brick through a window to get rights that we say everybody deserved So here's an opportunity for all of us to look at three different things, strange bedfellows they may be, and say, how do we we move forward? What do we truly value? And ultimately, we're not all that far apart. You don't have to be a black man to recognize the value of Juneteenth. You don't have to be a gay woman to understand why pride is important. And you don't have to be a father to know why fathers are important to every one of us as well. So... All I'll say is, let's take a moment, pause, and reflect. And if you haven't yet, look at my buddy Evan's words on Facebook about being a father on Juneteenth. And recognize that there's been great work done before us. There's been promises made. And there's still a lot of work to be done to live up to those promises and be the best version of ourselves that we can be. But we can do it. The fact that we've made these holidays, the fact that we've said this is important, says we delineate this this is important it's important to be a good father it's important to remember what it took to be a free black man black woman in this country and what it took to be uh free and gay in this country and all of those things are important to remember whether they matter to you or not because you recognize the value they present to this country as a whole so take a moment and reflect put the fist up Mm. Mm. Hashtag say gay, Evan Casey. 
Hashtag black people vote. Hit that theme music on our way out, my brother. This is what we do here, folks. It's been a pleasure. I'm going to drink my crimson sash uh, while my buddy uh, drinks whatever he is drinking. Uh, there you go. There you go. There you go. Hey, and uh, as ever, it's been a pleasure. we love it's you. Take it out.